You're listening to the podcast of Christ Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We hope these sermons help you to know God through Christ by deepening your belief in the gospel. Tonight's reading is from Proverbs 3, 13 through 4, 27. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver, and her profits better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her, and those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And by his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I'll give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Towards the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise get inheritance. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. Be attentive that you may gain insight, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you, love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland and she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction, do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it, do not go on it, turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong and they are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape your sight. Keep them within your heart. They are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, 
for from it, from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left, but keep your foot away from evil. This is the word of the Lord. Father, that is so much wisdom. Too much for us to cover this evening, uh, too much to cover in a lifetime. We are thankful that all of your promises find their yes in Christ. We are thankful that you have seen fit uh, in your word to show us the wise way, the wise path. And we just ask this evening, would you help us get wisdom? Would you help us know you more deeply and intimately and more faithfully? Would you help us trust you um, in the places that we don't? Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for Jesus. And it's his glorious name that we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good afternoon. My name is Kyle. I'm like the third flavor of the ice cream scoop um, of this month being uh, without Nathan. Um, If I don't know you, I try my hardest to say hello, shake the hands of people I don't know, at least one or two of you every week, but I often fail at that. So if I don't know you yet, if you've seen my face a few times and we haven't talked, I'd appreciate it if you just come up and talk to me at the end of the service, say hi. I really do care about you. I really am glad that you're here this evening. And if I do know you, I love you, and I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm so thankful to gather with you this afternoon to study God's Word, uh, hopefully together to become uh, wise. Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for this opportunity this evening. And again, if you've been here and you've heard that there's this man named Nathan and you came to hear him preach and to know that he's our main preaching pastor, be assured. I think it's the 17th. I think the 17th he'll be back. Not next week, but the week after that. Um, But I honestly have been grateful for the opportunity to hear from Pastor Clint. Um, And then also last week, it was a treat to hear from Jordan. I put on my nicest shirt and pants today. I I don't have a tie, uh, but I need to get one. Um, I have one that I preach like Uh, weddings in, but it just doesn't work with my normal clothes. And so, um, but uh, Jordan last week faithfully preached the word of God in his second language. uh, And my goodness, to bring God's word so clearly um, in a language that he did not grow up hearing from his mother is impressive. And so to honor Jordan, I Google translated my sermon into Spanish. And so I'm going to preach this evening in Spanish. No, just kidding. That's not even close to my second language. I don't have a second language. I want to be cool like you, brother. I'm so thankful for you and um, Debbie and for Jordan and Rachel who serve our church so faithfully. We're so grateful to have so many um, people who care for us. And so we're in the book of Proverbs and we are covering a lot of ground this week by finishing up chapter three. You heard Lisa read so well, um, chapter three and chapter four. Like we've been saying, these first nine chapters are meant to set us up for the rest of the book of Proverbs. And I think, honestly, three, five, and six really does that. Jordan got the best passage to teach, just this this clear call and command to forsake worldly wisdom and to trust Jesus. What practical, good wisdom. What a joyful and wonderful thing to hear. Trust wisdom. Um, it's trusting Jesus. Jordan walked us, Jordan walked us through that, um, trusting his completed work on the cross instead of our broken understanding of the world is honestly the wisest thing any, any human could ever do. And so 
what a wonderful, uh, clear piece of wisdom that we got last week. And trusting God and his ways, um, don't trust yourself. I mean, that's something every person should wake up saying. Just don't trust yourself. Trust God. Like, write that on your hearts. Write that on your roof when you wake up in the morning. Just like, don't. Because that was Jordan's encouragement. Like, if we could just only not forget, um, we would be so much better off. And so, uh, what wisdom. And that encouragement, it continues in our text. And I'm sure you've heard it in the reading this evening. Don't lose sight. You just, just listen, to, listen to what you were commanded to do or encouraged to do. Don't be afraid. Don't envy. Don't contend. And so on. And then that was contrasted with, listen, hear, get wisdom, get insight. This book is filled with do's and don'ts. And the temptation is to kind of try to write them down, try to scribble them down, try to remember them, maybe memorize them and search them out when needed, and then call yourself wise. Um, The problem with that understanding of wisdom and wisdom literature um, as kind of the do's and don'ts of Proverbs, um, they only cover a fracture of life's situations. And Nathan alluded to that in the opening sermon of this series. Nathan mentioned this, um, uh, the Proverbs cannot be viewed as a reference book only. We can't just just flip it open in the moment and hope we get it. We don't merely need wisdom in the moment. We need to become wise. That's the hope. That's the goal. We don't, we don't want momentary wisdom. We want to become wise men in wisdom. And this is the goal. And that's the hope in Jesus. That's what you have in him. You don't want a Jesus that forgives you in the moment when you sin, right? Like, I, I mean, of course, we want that Jesus. But what I mean is, okay, you've sinned. You better go to Jesus and get forgiven, okay? And then, oh, no, you sinned again. Oh, I need momentary forgiveness. That's not what we want from Christ. That's not what we have from Christ. We have holistic, complete all-encompassing forgiveness and salvation in the work of Jesus. We're not just becoming better. He has made us new. That is the hope of our salvation. And that's the hope of this book of Proverbs, not just that we would become bit by bit wise for just kind of each situation, but that we would become wise men and women, that we would be made wise and made new. And that's that's the imagery that we're getting when we think of a wise father talking to his son, he's not a dad that's just kind of like, hey, in this situation, you need to do this. This situation, you need to do this. He is a wise father who has grown up with these sayings. Now he's passing on wisdom to his son and to his daughters, hoping that they also would become wise. It's important for us to understand that the Bible teaches that there are only two potential lives. There are only two potential paths one that is in Christ and one that is apart from Christ, right? The wise life of the father and the foolish life that he presents in so many different ways in this book. And it's not merely teaching us how to live a better life, but it's contrasting a life that trusts God and a life um, that does not, a life that is wise and a life that is unwise, a life that is blessed, a life that is cursed, a life that is on the right path, a life that is on the wrong path, the righteous way, the wicked way. When I was growing up, I'd just be like, okay, I want to be blessed. I want to be cursed. I want to be righteous. And I would just view all of these different commands as different ideas that God had, different things he was trying to help us with instead of understanding, no, this is describing that there are two fundamental paths in life, the path that trusts Jesus and the path that doesn't. Last week, we were told to forsake the path of the world, the one that 
is reliant on the wisdom of man and to trust God. And I love the, I mean, I'll just repeat it again. Don't forget that you always forget. Trust God's wisdom. Obey him, submit to him, knowing that his ways are right, his commandments are good, his son, Jesus, is the path. When we trust him, we leave the path of the world and we are brought onto the path of God. Only two paths, like I mentioned, and that will be part of our focus tonight. And so wisdom literature is really hard to teach. Um, it's really hard to get a handle on. And so I have pulled kind of these sermon or this section into two uh, sections. One is getting to know the paths. Um, so that's what we'll look at first. And the second is getting wisdom. And I kind of think of life as a, a kayaker. I don't know. There's some of you who like kayaking out there. I don't. It's, it's just a lot of work and you got to put it in your car and I don't know. But um, kayak. Kayaking takes effort, especially if you're kayaking in a river. If you're one of those guys that likes to get upstream and then get into the flow and then do it again, in kayaking, you are either intentionally moving one way or your paddle is out of the water and you're moving another way. Okay, I'm not talking about canoeing. Okay, I'm not talking about just the lazy day on the lake. I'm talking about kayaking in a river. And that there's really only, uh, there's only two things you can be doing, actively fighting the current or passively allowing the current to take you away. But either way, you are participating intentionally in something, right? And that's what we're gonna look at tonight. So let's start with getting to know the paths. We've talked a lot about these paths. We've talked a lot about the righteous way, the, the unrighteous way, the wise way, the foolish way. Uh, but I think it would be good for us to pause a moment and just really look at what the Father says about these things. And so our first section of scripture tonight begins with the blessed path or the blessed person. So that's where we'll begin. The first path that is introduced is the best path, so that that's the one we'll explore. And the person on the blessed path sees gaining wisdom and understanding is more precious than all of the riches in the world. Does any of you know that song? Lord, you are more precious than silver. Don't sing it. I was just kidding. That was, that was baiting and switching. But um, so uh, it is this, uh, the blessed life and the blessed path um, sees beyond Riches. It sees beyond um, all the things that the world tries to allure us and draw us into to Lady Wisdom. Right? Do you see it? Do you see it? So, so there's gold, there's silver. In our day and age, it might be investment uh, returns, houses, um, cars. These things are presented as cold and lifeless, and in and of themselves, they will lead you to destruction. The father reminds the son that these opening verses, that those in the wise past, they see past the allure of possessions and they see lady wisdom who holds these things in her left hand and in her right hand. And what does she do with them? She administers them. She gives them away um, in a way that is pleasant, it says, in a way that promotes peace and brings life. The wise person understands that gaining the world is not worth the cost of their souls. Is that clear? I think it's clear. God does not show us his favor through the possessions that he gives us on this earth. He shows us his favor through the possession of his son and his completed work on the cross. That's how God shows favor. That's what wisdom understands, that, that, that having the treasure of heaven is having the actual treasure of life. Money, I heard a commentator say this. I'm not going to steal it. I think it's, it's too good. Money can buy a house, but only wisdom can build a home. I thought that was good. He went on, money can buy a diamond ring, but only wisdom can capture the heart of another. Thought that was good. Money can be invested, these ones are my own, not as good. Money can be invested and grow, but only wisdom can use that growth 
for the kingdom of God wisely. Anybody can give to a charity, right? But only wisdom, only wisdom can uh, help somebody lead a charity in such a way that the people that they're serving actually prosper. The success of riches and wealth has deceived many into thinking that they are on the blessed path, that they must be on the right path. Isn't that, man, it's tricky. We're going to talk about that. Who can argue with success? Who can argue with Jeff Bezos, with Bill Gates, with these guys who have literally changed history, like changed the course of history with their ambition, with their inventions, with their money, with all that? Who can argue with that? Scriptures say, we say, wisdom. Wisdom can argue with success, not the wisdom of the world. Because the wisdom of the world would say, we should get behind these guys. We should get behind these ladies. They have money. They have success. They have what we need, right? But the wisdom that calls you to come and die so that you might live, that wisdom doesn't get behind the wisdom of the world. Wisdom that put the creator of the universe on a Roman cross does not operate on the same level of the wisdom of the world. That's what the Father is teaching us. Wisdom that cannot be fathomed by the human mind, but only by the wisdom of God. Wisdom that cannot be, uh, wisdom that we as Christians must lay hold of, the Father says, and hold fast to, because the, the wisdom that slays the flesh, the wisdom that forsakes riches and vain pursuits does not come naturally to any of us. It's hard to watch the wicked prosper. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to guard our hearts from the love of this world. But this is the wisdom that we need. This is the wisdom that brings restored relationship with God. This is the wisdom of the blessed path. Because look at it. It's not just like, okay, now we're not obsessed with stuff. We're not only getting riches. We're not chasing after frivolous things. This is the only path that leads to life, the Father says. Again, a kayaker. You're either going upstream or or you're passively being swept away. You're either walking on the blessed path or you're cursed. This is the only path that leads to life. And this path sees past things to the thing. This is a blessed path, and it doesn't only lead to a wise handling of possessions, but to life itself. Isn't it ironic? Any, any history nerd buffs in here? Ponce de Leon. Do you guys know what he set out to find? He set out to find the, the fountain of youth. Do you know what he found instead? He found a bunch of gold. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> Like, like this guy's going to look for eternal life, and instead he finds fountains of gold, and he's told to go back and secure those places for the nation that sent him out, and in doing so, securing the gold, he loses his life. He dies. Did he get the better thing? Do you think ships full of gold brought him any comfort as he died on his way back to Spain? I don't think so. The wise understanding that the wealth and beauty of this world is not the end, but only the means to display the wealth and beauty of the God who created it. Let's look at Proverbs. It says this in in chapter three, it was read already, 19. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open. The clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. God put the gold in the ground. 
God thought up the seasons. God thought up rain and dew that waters our crops and bring us wealth and sustenance. And like Jordan mentioned last week, God's wisdom is ingrained in creation and everything we see and experience. It is by wisdom that the foundations of the world were laid. Only the fool looks at the crop without loving the God who brought the rain and the harvest. Only the fool rejects the wise path of security, life, and peace for a few coins and a, few be- and a full belly in this life. That's foolish. Those on the blessed path rest well at night, it says. Do you guys like that imagery of just resting well at night? Jordan brought that up. It heals our bones and our bodies. We've talked about, man, Jesus does so much on our behalf. We rest well knowing that God made the world and directs everything that happens in it. Jesus himself said that not a bird falls to the ground without the sovereignty of God directing those things. The blessed are not afraid of dying, nor do they fear the final judgment because their feet are made secure by the Lord, put on the path by Christ. Their hearts are filled with the treasure of Christ. So even in their most vulnerable times, when we lay ourselves down to sleep, we don't worry. The body can be killed, but Lady Wisdom, through the person Jesus Christ, has made our souls alive. So the Father here in Proverbs is invoking memories of creation in what I just read, but that's not it. Did you guys hear it in that? He's invoking memories of creation, but he's also reminding his son that it was by the knowledge of God, one, that the earth was created, and it was by the knowledge of God that the earth split open and swallowed the wicked. Right? And then the, the dew and the rain coming down reminds us that it was by the knowledge of God that he judged Noah um, and, or the people in the days of Noah. So let's, uh, that's the cursed path. The cursed path always leads to death. And so we've talked about the blessed path. Now I want to talk about the cursed path. I know you've got you to bear with me, but we're talking about these things like we understand them. And it takes, uh, it's wise for us for just a moment to look and examine these two paths. So we've looked at the blessed path. Let's look at the cursed path. The people in Noah's day, they're eating and drinking and marrying all up until the point of the destruction. Those of Israel who were swallowed by the earth after uh, being freed from the slavery of Egypt were swallowed because they chose full bellies and secure jobs. Remember, as slaves in Egypt, they chose that over the wisdom of the God who freed them from slavery. They preferred ease and slavery in the moment instead of ease and freedom for eternity. They may prosper now, but they are cursed. It's a very troubling position to be in. Blessed, but cursed. You ever thought of that? We see this in scripture. It's a, it's a kind of almost, I want to say almost a contradiction, but it's, it's not. And it's explained well in Malachi. God is saying this to the priests in Malachi's day. He says, and now, O priests, this command I give for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. That's a nasty curse. What's God saying? God here in Malachi was talking to Israel and the priesthood who had grown weary of waiting for him. This is kind of second temple season. Weary of trusting his wisdom and the exile, the rebuilding of the temple. It is pretty vulgar curse. God said he was going to curse the blessings he had given them. What does that mean? 
What were the blessings he had given Israel? Mostly himself. He had given them a temple where he lived with them. And in this temple, he gave them the blessing of the sacrificial system, which forgave their sins, which brought them back to him. This was a blessing. He had chosen them to give away to know him, and they had become impatient, and their sacrifices were no longer going to be a blessing. The aroma of the sacrifices no longer pleased the Lord. Their offerings were now hated by God, and they passed this broken system down to their children, even up to the day of Jesus, where where the, the Lamb of God was standing in front of them, and they were offering the blood of goats and pigeons in the temple right next to him. Man, they had forsaken the wisdom of God, and they were holding fast to the wisdom of the world. And it cursed not just them, but generations after them were cursed. The blessing of God had now become a curse. The cursed path leads to destruction. It's cursed by God. It's a restless path that makes those who walk on it addicted to dishonest gain, violence, and wickedness. And they become dependent on things to maintain their evil lifestyles. They are deceived into thinking thinking that they are strong. It's like a person waiting in line for a concert that's already sold out. You guys ever done that? Back in the day before you could buy all your tickets online for movies, you're waiting, you're waiting filled with joy and anticipation and that is only met with disappointment and rejection when you come to the ticket office and you find that there are no more tickets available. So it was for the generations after that sacrifice to God. This is the danger of the cursed path. It's paved with the blessings of God. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean that God is mean and sinister and unkind. I mean that every good thing that we experience is because God is real and he loves us and he cares for us. Both the path to heaven and the path to hell are paved with gold. God's kindness, his blessings, and the wise see the gold and think, I want to see the king who paves his roads with precious metals. If he walks on gold, he must be a marvelous and wise God, and the foolish stop and try to fill their pockets. They chip off pieces of the blessing of God only to be cursed in the end. Wisdom that was meant to highlight his goodness has become a curse. And this is, this is, this is the left hook. That's why you should stop looking at pornography. Right, so we have lots of wise sayings in this that don't always relate to us, so I want to update it a little bit. That's why you shouldn't cheat on your taxes. That's why you should stop listening to the voices of celebrities and musicians for wisdom. That's why you should stop comparing yourself and gossiping and backstabbing, because all of these things use the blessing of God to bring about curses. It's such a sad reality, and Christians of all people cannot be fooled by the trivial things that entangle the world. Money, fame, sexual pleasure, high regard are only pebbles compared to the city of God, the city where he dwells, the place where Revelation 17, 7 says that Jesus will lead us to the fountain of youth, pour Ponce de Leon. Jesus will lead us there, it says, to the place where springs of life flow, and he will wipe away our tears. Only a fool would trade a shiny pebble for that. Don't be a fool, is my encouragement to you. 
His path seems good, but it leads to destruction. It's filled with possessions that cannot be, that can be accumulated, but will never satisfy it. It's filled, this is, I mean, this is sad. It's filled with giant houses, but broken families. It's filled with diamond rings forgotten in drawers. It's filled with investment dividends that cannot buy back relationships lost. That's the fool's road. They view their neighbors as people they can deceive. They seek the weak as an opportunity to gain. The scorn of God is upon them and his blessings become curses as they give their hearts and minds to cars that rust and belongings that moths will one day eat. Verse 32 says that the type of a person, they're an abomination to the Lord. It's kind of a big word. Do you know what that means? It just means they're opposite of God. They are the opposite of his character. They are the opposite of who he is. Stop envying the rich. Stop lusting after the beautiful. Stop trying to attach yourself to the wicked yet successful because they are addicted to destruction and they will inherit disgrace, God's word says. Let's, Let's read in Proverbs 4, 16 and 17. It says, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. I praise God that's not the bread and the wine that I drink and eat. The path of the curse offers no rest to those who are on it. They're consumed by worldly pursuits. I know this is a lot, but this is what Proverbs is teaching us. This is what Proverbs is saying. Their bread and wine is provided by their wickedness and their violence. And the horribly sad thing is that many or most believe that they're on the blessed path, right? That's the blessing that's become the curse. They've deceived themselves. And when Christ returns, they will be judged for an eternity apart from God because their hearts were inclined to the blessings and not to the God who provided them. This is tragic. It's folly at its pinnacle. And it should make us sad. It should make those on the path of blessing desire to share the good news with those who don't know it because apart from the new life that Christ has given you and me, we would be just like them. My heart this week was revealed as I studied the Proverbs. My desire to be rich. My desire to be famous. My desire to lust after the things of this world but for the grace of God. Okay, so let's recap the two paths and then we'll move on to get wisdom. The blessed path leads to eternal life, freeing the wise from fearing death and fearing man. They are free from the love of money, free from the desire to fight and quarrel, free from the desire to take advantage of their neighbor. They give freely to their neighbor all that they have, free to worship God and enjoy his peace. They don't envy the rich. They're not violent. They see beyond the folly of of, of pursuing worldly possessions to the glory of God who gave them. They have forsaken the wisdom of the world and they hold fast to the wisdom of God in Christ. That's the blessed path. The cursed path, in contrast, leads to destruction. It's cursed by God. It is a restless path that makes those who walk on it addicted to dishonest gain, violence, and wickedness, and they become dependent on these things to maintain their evil lifestyles. They are on the deceived path, and they think that they are strong, but they are weak. They think that they have found something good, but they have found dust, and they worship it instead. So here we are, here we are. I know that was a long kind of talk about the two paths, but it's important because that's the fork. This is the fork in the road. There is no other path. There is no kind of middle of the road path where you're just kind of a good person trying to get by. 
There is the wise path, the blessed path, and there is the unwise path, the cursed path. Jesus put it like this in Matthew 7. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Then in Matthew 7, 24, he concludes by saying, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. What a haunting passage. The way is easy that leads to destruction. What a sobering thought. Jesus calls us to be wise and to forsake the easy path of worldly wisdom and to enter into the narrow way, the hard path that Christ has paved with his blood, calling us to die to this world and to live to God. So that brings us to our second, our second and final point. I'm going to talk about how getting points was so difficult, but it's getting wisdom. Get wisdom is the second point. It doesn't take a genius to discern where I'm going, right? Jordan alluded to it last week. The grandfather says, get wisdom. Imagine that. He says, hey, I'm going to give you some wise counsel. The grandfather, you're sitting with him. You're leaning in. And he says, get wisdom. And you're like, thanks, grandpa. He's like, no, and get insight. And you're like, okay, got it. Whatever you get, son, get wisdom. Seems kind of weak. When I read that, I was like, how is that the thrust of this passage? The grandfather in chapter four, he's wise. And if you're here and you're not trusting in the completed work of Jesus, my encouragement to you is get wisdom. Get it. Turn, repent, understand the folly of the world. Understand the folly of the things that you have been pursuing. See them for what they are. Can you see Lady Wisdom behind them? Can you feel the brokenness in your life that you have been pursuing? Can you, can, you, can you hear the empty, emptiness of all of the stuff that you have been after? Can you just see her administering life? Don't you want that life? The Father says, get it. How do you get it? You trust Jesus. There is no other path. There is no other way. Get wisdom. But what about the good majority? I know of you who are here and are here Christians and you've trusted in the completed work of Jesus and you're on the right path. What does the, what does the grandfather say to you? What does he say? Get wisdom. Get insight. Whatever you get, whatever you pursue in this life, don't miss that. Get wisdom. Christians were so afraid of work. We're so afraid of putting ourselves out there. We're so afraid of the effort and striving. We're so afraid of legalism. Have you guys ever thought of that? We're, we're so afraid of adding to the cross that we do nothing. We sit in our filth, wondering why the world is like this. Why do I feel this way? Why do the things that I thought would be blessings, why do they seem like curses? Get wisdom. We trust Jesus and then we medicate with our, ourselves with this world, just hoping something will work. It's like, you know those, uh, Gail might be on one tomorrow, those, uh, what are they called, the moving sidewalks at the airport? 
You get on it and you're like, yeah, that's right, dummies. Look how fast I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to get to the gate way quicker than you. We think that following Jesus and getting on the right path is just like that. It's not like that. That has not been your experience. It's not just get in to Christ and then let him carry you to the gate of holiness. That hasn't worked for anybody. So why do we keep trying? This is what Proverbs 4, this is what he says. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them. Healing to those, wait, wait. Healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech. Put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. He's saying work. If you are in Christ, then you don't need to be afraid of legalism. The mindset of legalism is this. I must do good so that God can save me. The mindset of the gospel is this. Jesus has done everything good so that God can save me. Okay, so the work that you're fearing is finished. Obey him. Read your Bible every day. That is not legalism. That is wise. Read the scriptures, memorize it. That's not legalism, that's wisdom. Stop watching TV. You know, you feel that, you're watching it and you're like, why am I doing this? And then you keep watching it. Stop, that's not being legalistic, that's being wise. Give away your money. Again, not legalism, it's wise. And don't don't get me wrong, to be sure, this list can be unwise. You can do all of these things, and they can, they, can, they can be no fruit at the end to show that. But honestly, that is the exception, not the rule. Don't you agree that we can use more of God and less of this world? Can I get an amen? Would you just trust him? Would you, I mean, just be wise and pursue wisdom. Chapter four begins with the father remembering the wisdom that his father gave to him. So this is grandpa speaking. Jordan brought up his grandpa last week. It's kind of sad that the fall has made the fact that one day when we get old, we will start forgetting. But before that happens, there are those who are old and they are wise. And I can't help but think of my grandpa. My grandpa never sat me down. My grandpa wasn't the guy that's like, hey, here's some wise sayings. But my grandpa taught me how to fish. And some of you are like, that is the most unwise thing I've ever heard. Who in their right mind would want to fish? For me, it was extremely important. I learned so much. I learned how uh, to value being prepared. I learned the value of patience. I learned the value of taking time to teach others even when it slows me down. I learned the value of caring for someone and for working hard. I can still remember the Christmas when my grandfather handed me my present and it was all fly fishing gear. And I knew this was a big moment. Okay, because fly fishing is hard. Anyone in here ever tried fly fishing? Yeah, it's hard. This is not the lake anymore, right? This is not just sitting there waiting for a bite. This is active work. I knew this was an important moment. Finally, I was ready to leave the lakeside with my grandfather and go fishing. I cherished these moments. I loved them. 
I cherish the gear he gave me. I still have it. It still works. It's remarkable. I thought it was like the most expensive fly rod in the world. Come to find out it was a Walmart fly rod, right? But he was wise. He taught me how to take care of it. I thought it was so important. And I'm now teaching my son and my daughters how to fish. I had a great time fishing with one of my best friends. Um, It's been years since I fly fished, and we actually caught fish. The wisdom wasn't wasted, Grandpa. I love my grandpa, so naturally, I love what he loves. I desire to please him, so I would listen to the things that he said. I would stay up till midnight, practicing my knots and preparing my gear so I wouldn't slow him down. I would untangle my own line when I was on the river. I would thank him so much every time he took me fishing. I just, I loved these times. They're still some of my favorite memories. So why am I telling you all this? I did not do all of these things hoping to gain my grandfather's love. I did all of these things because I knew I had it. Why else would he spend his money buying buying my fly gear? Why else would he spend his time teaching me how to fish? Why else would he drive hours and hours and hours so we could get up before the dawn to go fishing? He did it because he loved me. And I wanted to show him that I loved him. I wanted him to feel honored and listened to, so I I obeyed him. So we don't pursue wisdom to gain God's favor. You don't have to be afraid of that. We pursue wisdom because we have God's favor. Those are fundamentally different truths. If you are trying to please God with your life, that is the wicked path, right? And what I mean by that is Jesus has done the work You receive him and you're placed on the blessed path. All of the promises of God are now yours in Christ. Don't fear working, brother and sister. Don't fear striving for holiness and striving for wisdom. We don't pursue it to get God's favor. We pursue it because we have it. Why else would he create us? Why else would he bless us? Why else would he send his son to die on our behalf? We want to be with him. We want to be like him because he loves us and we love him. Get wisdom. I'll close with this. Philippians chapter 2 verses 12 through 13 says this. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For God, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Did you hear it? God is working on your behalf right now. He's not afraid of work. Jesus, when he was on earth, did all the work to secure your salvation. And now he sits at the Father's right hand, the scriptures say, advocating on your behalf. The Holy Spirit, he lives in you, convicting you, working in you to produce the image of Jesus in your life. Would you just join God in this work? Not this work to earn favor, this work because you have his favor. Let's get wisdom. Let's go after it like we do the raise. Let's pursue it like we do the relationship. Let's lust for it like we do approval and other things. Let's have and move towards these things. Let's get wisdom. Verse 18 of our passage, the Father states that the path of righteousness gets brighter. I love this this, this verse. It gets brighter the longer you walk on it until at last it's full day. That's, that's, I mean, until at last you arrive in the city that these paved streets, these gold streets are leading to. 
We know what's coming. We will go to heaven when we die. We will see Jesus and be like him, First John says. But if you're still here this afternoon, if you're still alive, you still have work to do in terms of knowing God, loving him, trusting Jesus, putting sin to death and allowing the joy of Christ to be resur- resurrected in you. Proverbs 4 says, get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, do not turn away from the words of my mouth, do not forsake her and she will keep you, love her and she will guard you. And so to be honest, preparing this sermon was really hard. This, the more I read it, the more I was like, man, my thoughts are all over the place. And then I would read the passage and say, oh, this is all over the place. <laughs> what, what is this even talking about? This is, what is going on? You can find a structure in all of this, but that would be a sermon series in itself. So the point that I want to leave with you is what are we supposed to take away from this? Like a passage like this, like I mentioned at the beginning of this message, the goal is to become wise. How can I become wise? If you approach this book seeking to find help for a hard situation in your life, you'll find it often, many times. It's a great book to consult for just practical wisdom, but you can only prepare so much before something you did not prepare for happens. Your time is better spent becoming wise. Knowing the difference between the two paths of life is a good start. Being able to discern the the path that leads to death and the path that leads to life and where your heart is drawing you is, is a good place to start. Understanding that you must pursue wisdom and fight for it daily is a, we gotta know that. We gotta understand that. There's a reason the father is talking to his son and not the other way around. Nathan mentioned that, right? There's a reason that most of the wisdom literature in scripture is either written by or from the perspective of somebody old. Those who have persevered in this life, who have suffered loss and gained victory, those who have had plenty and also lost plenty, those who have persevered in faith and now stand ready to encourage us to get wisdom and get insight, get Jesus and get life. Don't be deceived about which path you are on. See it clearly. Don't be deceived about the wisdom of this age that scoffs at our God and his ways. Be wise and remember that the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, even if it's a really, really, really nice house. But he blesses the dwelling place of the righteous. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we confess that living in this world is really difficult. God, we are tempted All the things that you meant for blessings, Lord, have become curses in our hands. You meant to give us life and joy and peace, and we, along the way, have picked those things up like pebbles, and we have taken our eyes off of you. Father, would you help us to discern the difference between the cursed path and the blessed path? Would you help us discern the difference between trying to earn your favor and working because we have your favor? Lord, we want to be holy like you're holy. We want to please you in everything we do. We want to stop being entangled in the sins of this world. Would you help us to get wisdom? Would you help us to be wise? We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you have been encouraged to deeper life in Christ through the preaching of this sermon. For more information about Christ Church, visit www dot Christchurchabq.com